What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Outside Perspective. I'm your host, Adam Meredith. I'm sitting down with interesting humans just trying to gain some perspective. And uh, you guys are here along for the ride, so thank you for joining along. I hope you're having a wonderful day. How are you doing today? I don't know why I like to do this voice, but it amuses me. So maybe I'll just do this whole intro like this. Is that is that weird? Is it? I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't even know anymore, guys. I don't even know. I just hit record, and I just know I upload this thing, and people listen. I think. I don't know. It's kind of weird. How how does the internet work? What? Who are you guys, and why are you here? What do you want? <laughs> I don't fucking know. Listen. You guys are here for the ride. I'm so appreciative of you guys being here. I'm just a fucking weirdo, man, and I'm just trying to figure out, you know, what other weirdos are out there. What are we all doing? You know, what what's 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 going on? What's what's the deal? What's the biz? I'm just trying to gain some perspective, man. And uh, man, I gained a lot of fucking perspective out of this conversation. Like on a serious note, this conversation was extremely unexpected in the way that. It went. I wasn't really anticipating having this deep of a conversation, but I'm I'm so glad I did. I sat down with Julian Edwards, aka Kid Zim, aka Jules. A lot of his friends call him Jules. But man, he has had one hell of a journey. And it's one of those journeys, man, that you're like, no, that's not true. Uh-uh, no way. Like, that's straight out of a movie. But at the end of the day, that's a real reality for a lot of people. Just because somebody doesn't have an experience like you or, you know what I mean, it's it's not something that you can necessarily wrap your mind around. It doesn't make it any less real. And I'm sitting here listening, and and you know, we're, I'm talking with with uh, Julian about you know his upbringing and just just the experiences he's lived through. I'm just like, fuck, man, you have lived a life, like for real, you've lived a life. And man, I just, dude, I'm so appreciative of you just coming and sharing your story, and uh, just the fact that you know he's been able to turn a situation which I think would break a lot of people uh you know turn it into a positive thing for himself in the sense that you know he had the choice to let you know circumstances in life become all consuming and and like lead you down a very dark path which you know he'll talk about some as he was in a very dark spot at one point but now, dude, he's just a very positive person, man. Just, you know, going after life and, and trying to build some shit. And it's just, it was just really cool to connect with Julian. So I'm I'm super thankful for this conversation. I really am. Uh, I don't want to give a lot away. I've been kind of talking around things this whole intro because so, it's, you'll, you'll, you'll hear what we're talking about. And it's, it's, it's an amazing story. So I don't want to keep rambling on, um, Again, Julian's a great human. He's an he's a gamer. He's an actor. He's a model. He's a dancer. 
he just he does a lot of cool shit and uh this is just the beginning for this dude so i'm really excited to see where he goes uh you know in the future but uh guys let's gain some perspective with my man kid zim Is that right for this year? Yeah, bro. Here. Right, cool, cool. Let me move my shit. I'm all up in your way. No, you're good. All right. All right. Mr. Julian Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd Kid Zim, Kid Zim come from? Um, Kid Zim came from uh, two of my favorite. One's a cartoon character. One's an anime character. I don't know if you're familiar with Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. So, you know Kid Buu? No. So, Kid Buu is like one of the third villain's forms. Okay. The Majin Buu series. Uh. He was a character. The reason why I liked him resonated with him. Uh, during Growing up, I resonated with a lot of characters like that because, like, believe it or not, I was a huge introvert. Like, huge. Yeah. I like, I was that. that quiet, geeky. Still am in some aspects, but now it's like, it's, I guess it's a, called an amnivert where you're, like, extra introvert with, like, extrovert attributes or something like that or yeah. whatever the fuck. You're a human. Yeah. <laughs> Back. <laughs> Um, I use the term alien. It's like it's a weird fucking complex. We, we all kind of are. Yeah. So with that, I, I resonated with him because he didn't really – he couldn't talk. He was like Hulk where he was just like mumble or he would make grunts and sounds. Yeah. But he was powerful as fuck. Okay. And he was just wrecking everything. Like he was wrecking Goku. He was wrecking Vegeta. He was about to destroy the world. And everyone was cheering for Goku, of course, to win. But for me, I'm Goku. looking at this dude. This dude's a kid. Like he's he's goofy. He's dancing. He's giggly. Like – while he's wreaking havoc, he's just doing all this crazy stuff, and that's why I was like, okay, this is fucking dope. So you saw him more like kind of like an anti-hero as opposed to like a villain. Yeah, I feel like if it, it, if terms came around, like if they redid it, he could be definitely like that anti-hero. So, and then Zim came from the cartoon Invader Zim I don't know that that, did, that showed years ago on Nickelodeon. It was just this this alien invader, literally. Yeah. He was no one liked him. Out of all the aliens, he was the worst invader to conquer planets or whatever. <laughs> so they tried to get rid of him by sending him as far as fuck to Earth. And he's thinking in his head, it's an elite mission, only for special ones. Oh shit, that sounds uber familiar. So he goes into this, he blends in with the school. There's one human being that believes he's an alien and knows it. Yeah. Called uh, called Sid or Dib or whatever his name was, and his his goal is now to like expose Zim for what he is while Zim's trying to conquer the earth and Zim's so stupid he keeps on fucking failing <laughs> but he thinks he's succeeding and when he reports into the, like these these like overlords they keep on getting tired of fucking seeing him oh really so for me it's like I could relate because he used to call people like idiotic humans and it's like he just goes around <laughs> thinking he's doing something when really he's just not fucking doing shit he's not doing anything and I just resonated with those two characters so it's like I can dig that and uh, I actually got suspended for a week from school because I dressed up like Invader Zim. I called my teacher idiotic human. I was so – yeah. So, like, I'll I took what he time. literally said, and she was like, you need to do better on your test. And I was like, silence, idiotic human. And, yeah, detention and then suspension. And it was like How Zim got stuck with it. I was like – I want to say, like, 10, like, 9 or 10. Oh, shit. It was like maybe maybe even 8. It was like a while. Whenever that cartoon was around, that was the age. I that don't is remember. not when – yeah, either way, anywhere in that age range, no adult is going to just take that. Yeah, no one. And I learned that lesson quickly, but it was like that name stuck with me for a little bit. Not too many people called me it. Yeah. But everyone calls me like Jules. But like when I started to like come up with a name, uh, 
I didn't. I wanted something that resonated, and it kind of like I don't know where it popped up. Like I guess the cart there was a, a leak that the cartoons were being revamped at the same time. Oh, okay. like Dragon Ball Z was being Dragon Ball Z Kai, which was the whole reanimation of the whole original series, and then Zim was like the trailer for the movie was being leaked. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay, cool kid, Zim. All right, yeah. So I can dig it. I work with it. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah, I feel so behind. Like as far. A whole generation of of kids grew up on Dragon Ball Z. I was in that generation, except I didn't watch Dragon well, Ball Z. Well, like, I'm familiar that, with it. It's but the same thing with like for me in that generation too was like the Inuyasha and the like Yu Yu Hakusho, and I was like I was in and out of those. Yeah, and I was more focused on Dragon Ball Z. So like people bring those to me, I'm like. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I don't about. know what you're talking about. So, like, my little brother, he's into Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, man. I really appreciate the art of, um, like, anime. And, dude, like, they do some of the most amazing, like, martial arts scenes mm-hmm. in anime. And I, I really appreciate that. Like, some of my favorite movies are, um, like, Afro Samurai. Oh, that's a classic, dude. bro. That is, for an animation, it is too detailed and too good. You think so? I think, in a sense, we're not in a negative, but I mean, like, to where anyone who says they don't fuck with anime or cartoons, I could put them down to watch that, and they'll be like, "Holy fuck!" Yeah, go watch that. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. I've done it before. Like, it's it's like right up there. We're like, "Oh, what are you watching all this cartoon and anime for?" And I just literally pull up Samurai Je- uh, Afro Samurai or uh, Attack on Titan, and they're just like, "Whoa!" Yeah, dude, it's some next level shit. Yeah. So like, I can totally appreciate the art, but man, that shit gets deep. I I tell people like they'll be <laughs> looking at us like, "You watching cartoons?" I'm like. And I, it's, it's, this is the Weibo thing. It's like very deep anime nerds things. Well, we'll get pissed off if you call it cartoons. But the reason why we separate is because, yes, it's a cartoon. Let's be real. It's an animation, which counts as a form of cartoon. Or cartoons it, is a form it, of animation. Very technical. But sense. what separates it is because the diversity, even the comedies, are so in depth in story and expression and dramatic without exaggerating too much of the character. Okay. And then even with action animes, like they, they stick to their script. Like if it's action and intense. You're not going to see, like, the goofy giant faces or whatever. You know what I mean? And the expressions are so detailed. And I usually watch them sub. So, like, with the subtitles. Yeah. Because Japanese voice actors actually express it way better in some of these animes than American voice actors. Like, mm. to where you watch it and you can hear when they're going depth in their voice or they're going high pitch for, like, a, a like an aggressive screen or a blood-curling scream or something like that. Like, they really get theatrical. And the stories, they spend a lot of time. And some of these animes that are out and they end at 12 episodes actually go longer in the manga and the mangas are just like literally even though it's all like a graphic novel it's literally you'll be caught up and you're like so in depth you're just like whoa this could actually be a scripted book yeah so you said manga what yeah. is that it's like the like a comic book but instead of reading from left to right you read from right to left oh and it's all black and white why do you read right to left is it because it's, i think that's just how they read it up there when they're when they're made, I guess it's a cultural thing. I think that's how like when they write transcripts or something. I don't oh, know. are they from like Japan or yeah, China? Japan usually, okay. or, or whoever makes the anime usually makes a manga. Got but they're it. flipped when they come to America. Sometimes they keep them original for authenticity sake. Oh, you know what I mean? okay. I'm just learning so much yeah. right now, dude. That's it. It gets so fucking deep. Do you do you like dress up and go to like any like the comic cons or anything? I've done it before. Uh, I'm a, like I would still I want to call myself a cosplayer because. To respect to the craft, I haven't done it enough. Okay. And I've never really actually, I feel like to be a cosplayer, respectively, you have to one, at least one time, build your costume from scratch. Oh, I can respect you know I mean? that. Like, you know what I mean? Not like order, because if you order, that's a that's a Halloween costume. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. And cosplayers, they take this literally seriously. You know what I mean? These they dudes spend months or on years months. Even. 
to build like these art pieces and literally like some people look at it as weird but i have i just have respect for anyone in pe- period in the artistic form i see it as a form of art 100%. and expression you know what i mean because yeah. like you got to think about it the detail into some of these things and time it takes Dude. and dedication and like patience to one haul it to the event and then on top of that they're inspiring to whoever's at the event you never know like there's people that look up to cosplayers because these cosplayers are like introverts themselves are going through trauma are dealing with hardship and the stories if you listen to why they got into it is really they attach themselves to a character and then they relate to that character and instead they personify it upon themselves so for one day out of the week or whatever they can just be free and be that character and feel more encouraged. It's like crazy. Right. Yeah. Whether that be like they want to be stronger or they mm-hmm. want to be brave or, you know, they want to be admired. Like yeah, they, ca- they see those qualities and it makes them that. Yeah. So who cares if it comes from like this fictional place? Like it, there's so much art, like artistry in that world. Oh, yeah. Dude, just to, to, to try to source the material for some of that <laughs> I shit. I tried it and this is where it's like I'm a person where I, I, I never want to be a jack of all trades because like, there are some times where you're just itching to try something. Yeah. And you just have to hand it off and be like, respect to you. Like, 100%. when I went, even the beginner type, I remember going on YouTube and typing, cosplay for beginners 101. And that's where I learned, like, the whole respect of where you can technically call yourself a cosplayer if you dress up to a character and you find you order your, this well-done costume yeah. online, which some cosplayers still do. But every cosplayer that is major and really one has at least made their own costume one time. At least once. And I've never done that. So, like, for me, it was like, I was just like, when I looked into it, these do, I'm thinking like, okay, you know, I'm going to take a week, lead up, maybe make two weeks, stitch up some stuff. No, like they literally told me in the video, like, if you want to do this right and you're a beginner, you're going to at least want three to four months in t- prep time to the event you're going to show up at. I was like, holy fuck. Oh, wow. Like That's a hell of like prep time, dude. Like I'm, I'm fucking barely prepping a day ahead for <laughs> scripts that I read every day. So it's like, <laughs> damn. Yeah, dude. That's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, Do you like draw or anything? Like I used to. I'm getting back into it. Uh, funny story why I stopped drawing. I Art was my first ever form of art. Before the gaming, before the dance, no one really knows this. Um, actually, no one actually really knows this away from my actual family. It's like I used to just draw religiously. Okay. And I was looking to be an artist, you know, the whole nine. Like I had all the art books. But my godmother at the time, we're no longer connected, but my godmother at the time, she was very, very religious. I don't know if she was Jehovah Witness or whatever it was or whatnot. She was into it. But she was very, like, the work of the devil type. You yeah. know what I mean? So whenever I would draw Dragon Ball Z characters or whenever I draw Pokemon characters or whenever I draw a dragon, it was automatically the work of the devil. Oh, wow. And she wouldn't just say it. She would snatch it and rip it, and then I'd be punished, like, physically punished for it. So oh, it became a, a fear. Crazy person. Oh, yeah. And then it became a fear for me to draw. You know what I mean? So, like, after a while, I just stopped. Uh, and last time I ever actually drawed something out of passion was, like, I was maybe, like, six or seven. Oh, wow. Maybe, no, like, I was 10. I was actually 10 because I just graduated fifth grade. Yeah, I was, like, yeah. 10, 11. That would make you want to quit doing so it, So, I, I stopped, and then it was just, like, yeah. gave up on it. You, you know what I mean? And then, like, you, that's a craft you have to keep going at to get better and better. And, like, sir, I still retain some. Like, I can mimic an image easy. Yeah. But my original creativity, gone. Really? Yeah. It's like barely there with like when I'd have like a creative logo design or something, but then I, I don't have the passion for it anymore. So I'll get like two minutes into it, five minutes, and I'll just put it down and never finish. It's definitely one of those crafts like you just got to keep doing it. You got to keep doing it. And you got to have a real passion for it to even get those pieces done. Like I have pieces that are like 
incomplete from like a year ago. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like you just kind of started it and you're just like, ah, move on to the next. Exactly. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I, re- I appreciate this, like the whole, um, like Japanese and like Asian culture and mm-hmm. just a lot of the art that comes out of there. Like I'm a big movie guy. So I love, Same. like, I have to be in the mood to sit down and like read the subtitles. When I am though, I'll, I'll bust through like six, seven movies, no problem. Just mm-hmm. all subtitles. And they have, some of the best stories like i i absolutely love the choreography because a lot of them Mm. do have usually some martial arts choreography but like the stories dude some of the best fucking stories far better than even like american movies Mm -hmm. it's it's some crazy shit so i can understand like why you'd be drawn to like the anime yeah and like that whole culture Mm -hmm. are you into martial arts or anything yeah I have a tie to martial arts. I'm not currently doing it, but, like, martial arts had a tie into it. Actually, anime led into me doing martial arts. Oh, okay. Um, I used to take karate. Then I took jujitsu when I was a kid. Nice. And then after a while, it was more of a discipline thing. It was, like, the punishment was – I actually got an F on my report card, or RD, and the punishment was karate or ballet. <laughs> so – They both actually <laughs> work out, to be exactly. honest with you. But – you got to remember, I go, I'm like in white neighborhood. Yeah. So like a black karate. kid doing ballet, I was like, I'm going to do karate. Of course, <laughs> you got to do karate. So I did karate and I ended up falling for it. I went to all the camps and everything. I think when I moved, I was last left as a blue belt or a purple belt with a black stripe in karate. And then I don't remember the color, like whatever the layout was for jujitsu. I know I didn't go far in that. Yeah. It was like because balancing the two classes was like crazy because they're two different fight styles. Oh, for sure. So, yeah, I do jiu-jitsu, so like I've, I'm I'm well aware of that. I did yeah. karate as a kid, but yeah, it's just one of those things, man. Where are you from? Originally from Florida. Okay. Yeah, born in Daytona, Florida. Yeah, I I, I don't know if it was maybe like a post that you made or it had to have been a post that you it was made. probably a post that but I made. You're like talking about like how you like you're bounced around a little bit. Like, oh yeah, like, I bounced around a lot. Um, I was born in Daytona, Florida. Spent the first twelve years there. And then my mom left me in Jamaica for six years. Oh, what? Yeah. So you lived in Jamaica for six years? Yeah. It like, was a thing where... It wasn't something you wanted. It's not no, like you got left no, no, there. No, 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 I mean, it, it ended... I would not change it for the life of me because if I ended up living with my mom, I would tell everybody this. I'd be a spoiled little piece of shit. Really? I know it. Why is that? Because she was a doctor. She was... Oh, she had money? Oh, yeah. She had money. My, had- I'd tell everybody... I had fuck, I had money. My my mom had money. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Who'd she leave you with in Jamaica? I don't even know the person. Like it, it was it wasn't a fr- like a family it, member. No, it was a family. It was a, okay. So it was a family friend, her son's girlfriend. It was like a whole yeah. It was one of those like cousin of an auntie of an auntie of an uncle of an uncle of an auntie of a, was one of those. Wow. And note this family friend she hadn't talked to prior for like six years. How were you, how old were you when you got left there? I was twelve. I just turned twelve. So from twelve to like eighteen, you were there. From March two thousand, I don't remember the exact date, but I dropped off. I got dropped off in the country, March two thousand and six. How my mom got me there, um, we were having a lot of back and forth. So at this time, my mom had pulled me out of school. She was homeschooling me. Her version of homeschool was a National Geographic kid notebook, one page of a math like you know those old math like where you tear all the pages, practice books. Yeah. And that was my school day for like three hours. And then I worked in the yard from that until she came back home in the evening. Oh, wow. So that was like eight hours of my day was like raking leaves. And, and she's a doctor who's went through university yeah. and done all mm-hmm. this shit. Mm-hmm. Very educated. I'd this imagine. is where people like get their mind fucking flipped. I, it's blowing so, me the fuck away right and now. And then my, my two <laughs> sisters, I have two younger sisters that were still going to school. Okay. And when they came home, they had to hope in the yard for like an hour or so. So no, I was on punishment, and my punishment at the time is I had to sleep in a sleeping bag on the patio 
So all my meals, I was locked on there. So like all my stuff, like I wasn't allowed to socialize with my sisters. I couldn't talk directly to my sisters. It was fucking crazy, man. Um, so like if we wanted something, like if we're in the year, it's a weekend and we're both raking up the yard, but we want the other one to pass like the trash bags. We had to vaguely talk like, I hope Selena passed the trash bags. And then they caught on to that, and then we just couldn't say shit to each other. But I had to sleep on a patio, sleep in a sleeping bag. Um, I had a time limit of when I could eat my food. So, like, they would give me the food, and they said, you have three minutes to eat all the food. Who's they? My mom and my godmother. Oh. Yeah, my godmother was the one leading the charge. Like, And this is the one we talked about earlier, who's mm-hmm. all about God. Yeah. Yeah. My godmother leaded the charge. My family like likes to say that she brainwashed them. I'm like, this is a grown-ass woman. Like... Grown-ass people be brainwashed, I don't, bro. I don't know what happened, but I know my mom leading up to, like, from age, like, 9 to tw- 12 was, like, Brenda became – Brenda's her name. Brenda became in charge of everything. We decided, she, When we needed to move, we decided to move to Brenda's cottage, which took us from where I got accepted to the middle school I wanted to go to with all my friends, and now I'm moving to New Smyrna Beach, an hour and a half, two hours away. Oh, shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And restarting my life there, and now I'm going to public school, and I get one D, and then I get pulled out and homeschooled. And because of a D? Yeah, D. Not an F, a D. D for devil, bro. Because, bro, work I bet the, you that's what she said. Work of the devil. I don't know. She talked to Brenda, showed her the report card, and the next thing you know, I'm getting pulled out of school the following week. What? Yeah. Dude, your mom was for sure brainwashed. Dude, dude I... For sure. I mean, that's what cults are, right? That's what dude, Scientology I believe it. is. Dude, it's fucking I don't know what happened, but she fucking did it. And it was a thing where... Holy shit. I remember uh, dealing with that where... She would say, you have three minutes, and whatever was on the plate. And no, I didn't have anything to drink. So they wouldn't give me anything to drink till after. So I'm just working in the yard all day. So I barely have working? anything in my mouth, like saliva-wise or whatever, and I'm trying to eat these meals, and they would take whatever. I remember sneaking out, and this is how bad, but like I'm just very transparent. Like This is how bad it was. I snuck out and circled around to where I got into the trash can to get what was left. What? Late, late at night. Like I would sleep and wake up to make sure everyone else was asleep. And then I would do that. So you just couldn't come into the house, but that you you still had that. You were I able. could only come into the house to bathe whenever they would tell me to. What? How, how old were you at this time? I was 10, 11. This was between, it lasted about a year. So it was like 10, me turning into 11, turning into 12. And nobody calls DFS. I actually run away three times during this time. Oh, wow. So the cops picked me up. What happened was I ran away once with my sleeping bag. I remember I stole a bunch of candy from Kmart. Um, peanuts whatever i could put them on my sweats toys whatever just to, just to get away i ran away literally i got dropped off the school bus i went in i don't remember what the argument was she grabbed my bag i took it off and i dipped and then i came back later that night for my sleeping bag and then i left again then i was at a washing mat where the lady used to be kind to me whenever we'd go to the washing mat the laundry mat yeah and she noticed that i was here really late and i told her what was happening then she called the cops and the cop i was very timid like I was a flight risk. Like, the cops came up to me very slow. Like, she fed, like you know you see an animal and you feed it and then you pick it up and catch it? Yeah. That's basically what she did to me. Like, she gave me a meat burger and then the cops showed up and I was immediately, like, looking. like ready you're on to, edge. Yeah. And uh, they pulled me. They asked me questions. They looked at me. They saw a couple scars here and there and they're like, what happened here? And I told them, like, I used to get beaten. I got beaten with a hose, a coat hanger, the whole nine with a with a bungee cord, all of that. I was just being honest. I was telling them what was going on. Yeah. And they're like, all right, we're going to take you home. And I started to freak out because I'm like, I can't go back. I can't go back. So they kept me at the station and they put on like some cartoons and everyone was talking to me. Um, the cops were talking to me and stuff like that. And then we finally pulled up to the house and my mom wasn't there. My mom was at work. But 
apparently they called her ahead of time because I told her how my sisters stay in the house by themselves while Miss Brenda's in her house, which is in the same plot of yard. It's in this, like, literally just, you can walk across the guest it. house. Yeah. But still, like, you can't do that technically. It's, like, against the law because these kids are, like, my sister was, like, nine or eight at the time. Oh, okay. Sorry. But um, they were there, and I told them, like, yeah, they're in the house by themselves. And that's where she does. She goes there, and then Miss Brenda's next door. She's like, okay, we're going to go over there. They called my mom ahead of time to ask her questions. And say we have your son here, which is protocol, of course. Yeah. But I know for sure now that I'm older, looking back, how she got away with certain things because at that time I couldn't process it. But now looking back, them calling her gave her time to call Brenda to grab my sisters and put her next door with her. Right. So when they pulled up, they were already inside with her. The whole nine story. We don't know. They told them that I just left that day. I didn't leave two days before when I was on the street for about two days, and no one reported me missing. And you have a 24 hour to do it. Yeah, and then it was just their word against mine, and it was a whole thing of me being timid and having scars. They moved everything that I knew where it was placed from what they used to beat me with, and everything everything was shifted. Hmm. Everything was moved. Everything was hidden, and I was like, "What the f-? like?" Yeah. And to me now, I'm just think- thinking like, now I'm stuck. I'm trapped. And they said, "All right, we're gonna send. It, we're gonna call in the morning, and if he still wants to not be here, we're gonna send someone, to, uh, child services, someone to take him away, or whatever, whatever." My mom sends me on the yard all day that day. And I'm waiting for I'm listening for the phone to ring through like being outside and I hear it and it picks up and I'm waiting for her to call me in. She doesn't call me in. Yeah. I wait one day, caretakers don't show. I wait day two, caretakers don't show. Day three, caretakers don't show. At that time I processed, I don't know what the fuck she told him. Yeah. But she told him something that made him get off the, her back. Right, whatever she needed to say. But then next thing you know, not even a week later, they're talking about um, where would you like to go? Would you like to go see your cousin Joseph? I had a cousin named Joseph in uh, Massachusetts. And whenever I was with him, I never gave him trouble. I was never misbehaved because he was my best friend. Like, I could literally, I just felt free when I was there because I was away from them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and they're like, yeah, yeah, I do, I do, I do. And I'm thinking they're forgiving me and they're like, they're being nice to me, that they're going to let me move over to Massachusetts and all this whole nine. So I get all prepared and excited to go see my cousin and think I'm going to move to Massachusetts and stuff like that, start a whole new this. By this time, I'm 12. Yeah. Um. And during that period was like the whole uh, very dark, abusive situation where it was I tell people like the stuff I went through as a kid with them, like no, no child should ever go through. Like, no, absolutely I like not. me and my sisters would have to discipline ourselves. In what way? In a sense where if I did something wrong, my sisters would have to beat me. And if I if I they did something wrong, I would have to beat them. Really? Yeah. It was it was fucking crazy. Wow. And they just yeah. Watched and it and it grew a hate between us, right. like a very strong hate. Yeah. Like we all hated each other. You have two More sisters. So, yeah, I have two twin sisters. Yeah. yeah. More so them over against me because after I left, it was just the two of them. But oh, like, shit. I can only imagine that. Though. It was it was bad, man. It was really bad. Like we're close, we're good now. Like we're all, we all reconnected and found each other over this past two three years, which has been good and and all of that. Right. Um. But like, it w- it was insane to think about. Like we're twelve and eleven. Yeah, you can't really process what's going on. Exactly. Not from a rational And all we can mind. do is just direct it. Who's actually giving us pain? Right. So like, instead of me being mad at her for giving her the belt to hit me, I'm just mad at my sister. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just crazy. And there was a whole thing where it was a whole nine of other stuff, like very dark sexual stuff. This is where I started to think of it as a cult, like like your point where yeah, it was to a point where one day I showed up from school and they're talking about my old caretaker, Miss Lorna. This was years ago. I haven't talked to Miss Lorna, though. 
says, oh, what were you doing your sister a while back? I was like, what? What are you talking about? And I was like, exactly. Yeah. It was like, they said you and your sister were getting doing the thing. We, to this day, I now that I'm older, I know what the thing is, but that's how they used to refer it, to the thing or the feeling. Hmm. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And me and my sisters would be oblivious to what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah. But they would be, it was a sense where they would mentally fuck us to where we'd be like, they said you did this in this exact way and direct us to doing these sexual things. And then be said, isn't this what you did? And because we're not trying to get hit, we're just like, yeah, yeah, this is what we did. And we're just like, what the fuck is this? Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And fuck, not only that, it built a disgust between me and my sister, especially me and Selena. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was just like shocking. Like not too many people think about, see, know about this, but it was like a thing where I shouldn't be naked in the same room as my sister. Like we shouldn't be this close. Like it was right. just disgusting. And like looking back, like these people were sick. Oh, for and sure, it w- And it built a disgust, a hate to just my siblings. Like I literally hated them. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like when you're that age and like you're just trying to – like you don't really know a whole lot of like what's going on, right? Uh, like most, you, you know, 12-year-olds, like you're just thinking about playing video games mm-hmm. or, you know, just like hanging out with friends. Like you're not really thinking about the grand scale of like – why is this person doing this to me or, no. like, making me do this? Like, you can't really make sense of that situation, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it it was just good to see that because, in a sense, when I say good to see that now because now I understand things. Right. And it makes such a respect to it. So where all of this stuff, like, as fucked up as it is, yeah, I would not change what had happened to me because – one, I would, of course, be a different person, but the respect I have and the non-tolerance I have for people that, one, non-tolerance for people who like to throw up their circumstance as it's the end of the world, they can't get past it. Yeah. To where what I have seen and been through, whether me by my me going through it myself or seeing it or knowing of someone getting through it, from 12, just the ages of 10 to 12, and then coming out to where I am now, Yeah. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, it's hard to have sympathy or empathy for people whenever you've gone through some like some really challenging shit, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Look, man, I've seen hell and I've I've made it through it. Like, get over your shit." Yeah, like I can relate. You know what I mean? And understand, and I can be like, I get it at first. I understand, but once you try and try, and you just literally see this person just is like refusing and keeps throwing this up as a wall, as a wall, as a reason, as a reason, as a reason, and isn't even trying. That's where you're just like. Yeah, that's just a victim mentality, right? Yeah. Like, fuck that victim shit. Like, get that out of here. You yeah, cannot man. ever be a victim, right? You always have a choice to to make always. to make something happen for sure. So then, what was Jamaica like? Was it? Um, Jamaica was like. Was it better li- living? It was way better in a sense of there were still d- tough times. Yeah. Um, I moved between four or five different homes. Oh, okay. Because my mom would give me a care to a caretaker, pay them, stop paying them, and then they would give up and hand me off to the next. And then she would find another one, pay them for a little bit, then hand me off to the next. Yeah. So I went through the span of like four or five families. Oh, wow. Yeah. First one was like, uh, like I said, the family friend's son's girlfriend. Then it was a pastor and her husband who's a bishop. Hmm. And then it was the the family friend's son's baby mama. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> the girlfriend and the baby were completely separate, oh. but they both lived in Jamaica, only 15 minutes away from each other. Wow. Crazy. Holy um, cow. 
And then lastly, it was, I don't know the connection to this day between Ms. Kerr, and I call her like one of my moms to this day. Yeah. Um, I haven't talked to her in a while, but it's like when I do reconnect, I want to be able to actually help her financially and stuff like that. Yeah. But with her, that place changed me. That's where my actual mentality change started was there. Okay. Why so? Um, because she was the first person to one, not the first person to not take my shit, but to throw it back in me and let me understand like, you're here for a fucking reason, whether you directly or indirectly did something. And this was, I was 13 when I got to her. I was 13, 14. Mm-hmm. And she was telling me this. Um, and this woman, I mean, I stole from her daughter. I called the cops on her. I ran away. I lied. I did anything under the fucking blue moon. You're probably a difficult kid. Oh, I was fucking. I mean, for a reason, right? Like, you're just kind of a product of the circumstances. Yeah, but at the same time, it was like, I don't like to use that as why, but like, Yes, all of that built up. I had a lot of built up. Like, I had the intent to kill my mom. Oh, really? At you, the age of 13, I had the intent to kill my mom and my two sisters. Oh, shit. So you That's how much hate you, I had. You hated everybody. I hated everybody. filled with rage. Everybody. Like, there were, of course, moments I'd laugh and joke. But when I had, like, my mind to myself, I was crazy suicidal and I was crazy, mur- like, murderous intent. Oh, like, people shit. were like, if you saw your mom right now, what would you do? I literally remember saying I would throw a rock at her fucking head. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was very bad. And that woman f- was the first person to get rid of a lot of that anger and oh, help redirect it. She just kind of helped that whole transformation. And there were times where she would yell at me, but she never once. All the other caretakers lay their hands on me, except for the pastor lady, of course. But, like, all the other two. Don't say, of course, like a pastor lady. <laughs> I don't know. Jamaican pastors are different. Like, they'll discipline like a hand slap. I don't really count as hitting. Okay. But, like, the other ones, they would, like, slap me in my face. Like, I'd go to school with, like, oh. claw marks and whatever and whatnot. Mm. But Ms. Kerr. Uh, for her, like, no matter what I did, she lost, like, friends she's been friends with, like, 20, 30 years because they kept saying, you need to get rid of this 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 bad kid. Like, down there in Jamaica, bad kids are shunned upon to where it's like, if you don't get rid you don't keep a bad child. Oh, really? Do yeah. they, like, I know in, like, South America, they'll have, like, just fucking gangs of kids who mm-hmm. live in the streets. Do they have that in Jamaica? Because, I mean, everybody, when you hear Jamaica, you're like, oh, fucking beaches. You don't really see kids and- live, living in the streets. You more see kids, like, Rolling up as gangs, actual gangs. Right, yeah. Um, like living together, like mm-hmm, somewhere. Type of stuff. So you see a couple yeah. of them here and there. It wasn't really prominent. Okay. It's more like if a kid was disciplined, he's gone. Okay. You, no one really know where they went, but we know it's like probably like to a disciplinary place or whatever. Oh, okay. Or he got his butt beat till literally he got straight. Yeah. But um, especially being a foreign, like foreign kids are automatically seen as trouble. Oh, really? Because we're seen as privileged and spoiled, which to a T, you can't blame them. Right. You know what I mean? Because yeah. majority of the American society is, like, seen as that. Well, even even some of the, like, you can be pretty poor here and still be better off than in Jamaica. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of poverty in Jamaica. There is a lot. Like, it was tough. Like, there were, there was, that humbled me a lot. It made me have a lot of respect for a lot of things. And with her, um, with McCurt, she was the one that was like, listen, you need to, you need to not to have that in you. You know what I mean? She kind of brought God back into my life, too. Yeah. Um, I was a person where I literally, you couldn't get me to go into a church for the life of me. Yeah. Like, I remember one time she tried to take me to church, and it's this big church. And note, this is a night service, so this is going to be like a good hour, hour or two. I stood outside the church the whole two hours. I probably did that, too, today. I refused to go in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, everyone else was looking at me like the demon. She didn't look at me that way. For me, it was like, no matter what I did, 
she would of course yell at first, but then she would calm down and come back and find me and then be like, you're going to be great one day. You're going to do something good. You just got to get through this. Yeah. And I found it fucking weird. Yeah, she showed you love and understanding. And I'm like, first of all, I just stole your daughter's laptop that she needed for school that her brother sent from the U.S. Oh, shit. And just fucked it up. You're ruthless, bro. I was, bro. <laughs> you were ruthless. Listen, ruth- if I didn't have it and I thought I wanted it, I'd fucking get it. Man, it was it, matter it, how. it was bad. I was literally complete 360 of what I am now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, real positive energy, man. Like If you met me in two between the years of 2006 and 2007, I radiated just hate that just you would have been like, "Whoa, this kid, no." Yeah, like you're going to be You a could murderer. see it in my eyes. I'm just re- either ready to snap on somebody or I'm not ready to be here on this planet. Just full of anger. Just full of it. And for her, like she was the first person that I actually trusted again in that mom figure. Yeah. You know what I mean? She she talked to me a lot. She introduced me to her family, her friends. Uh, you know what I mean? Of course, she would punish me, and she would punish me severely. You know what I mean? Not physically, but, like, actually to where I had a respect for her to where if she told me I couldn't leave, I wouldn't leave. No, it wasn't no. like I couldn't get out because I could find a way out of anywhere. You just respected her. I just respected her. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it grew and it grew to where a point where I remember one time we were at dinner, and she pointed this out to me. She was like, how do you feel about your mom? I'm like, if I see her right now, I'll just be like, I don't care. That's progress. And for her, she was like, did you hear what you said? I was like, what? She said, you just don't care. And yeah. she pointed out to me, like, my anger started this shift. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I started to, like, see things in a more positive light. And then I discovered dance um, during that time, during the time of me running away and whatever. I was there. I went to Ascot High School, which is a very performing arts dominant high school. Okay. Uh, we're known as, like, one of the best dancing schools in the country, I think, even in the Caribbean. Oh, nice. Um, so I got into the dance program. And then my dance teacher I saw as a father figure. And that's where I kind of like drifted away from because hip hop wasn't prominent out there. So right. it's more like reggae, dance, all African folk, modern. Yeah. And with that, it taught me a lot of like expression and this and that. And then that's where my dance side really arrived. Because mm-hmm. um, like when I was a kid, we used to do like back in the US, we used to do like little concerts on Sundays and stuff. Sorry. We'd learned a yeah. song and then we'd perform it on a Sunday. But then that really solidified that performing art side of me. Yeah. Um, and I performed in front of a stage of people. I went to comp JCDC, which is like their national competition. Oh, nice. And I think we won, I think we won trophy for like reggae dance, dance hall dance and stuff like that. We were pretty awarded. And then I fell out with Miss Kerr leading up to like me going to U.S. Embassy and all that type of stuff. You know what I mean? The whole nine of back and forth, whatever. Like trying to get back into the States? Yeah. So that was the toughest part where this woman, and this is why I have mad respect for her. I wouldn't be in the U.S. if it wasn't for her. I'd still be stuck in Jamaica. Because when my mom dropped me off, she dropped me off right. I think there was a law where kids could travel out of the country with or without. I don't remember what it was. But I know when I got there. You had no passport. I was stuck. I had no passport. So the only thing I was left with, like, an old immunization record and my birth certificate. At least you had that. You know what I mean? But to the U.S. Embassy, that couldn't prove anything because I didn't know my social security. I didn't have a photo to match me to my identity that I'm saying of who I am. Right. Oh, so wow. it was a whole year process of traveling back and forth from the U.S. Embassy to where we lived, which was an hour and a half away. And this is done on public transportation. So this is expensive. Yeah. Because, like, public transportation, just 20 minutes is a lot of money, much less an hour and a half away, to and from two times a week. Yeah. You know what I mean? So over the span of a year, they won track down my mom. They won down track down who I am. They had to dig my fifth grade yearbook photo 
to match because that's the only form. Of, that was the last form of like physical photo identity I had. Because oh, wow. remember, my mom pulled me right out of sixth grade before I could even take photos. Oh, shit. So there was none of that. Yeah. So they had to go to fifth grade, dig they up my yearbook photo, ask me my teacher's name, the whole questionnaire. I'm still like four, probably like by this time, I think I just hit like 18 yeah. at this time. And we're leading up to that. And they match it and all this. And then they're like, all right, we're going to send you out by October on a temporary passport back to the U.S. And the only reason I was able to do that is because this woman – Borrowed money from, I don't know how many people she borrowed money from yeah. and all of this, but she did whatever it took to where I told her once, she even asked me, sat me down before we even started going to the embassy. She's like, if we, if you could go back to the U.S., would you want to stay here or go back? And I told her I'd want to stay. Oh, really? You know what I mean? I became so accustomed to having her in my life and being there, I was fine with it. You know what I mean? I was fine with the struggle and like the tough times and whatever it was and yeah. the chores and the discipline. Like I was fine. I yeah. was happy. But then like, you don't really have a country, right? Because you're not a Jamaican citizen, right? Yeah. And, and, then, and that was her thing. She was like, she saw more potential in me of what I could be. And she was like, you can't be who you need to be here. Yeah. So she pushed me. She's the reason I'm back in the U.S. It wasn't over my own. Like, I gave up on coming back like a year or two prior. Yeah. Like, like I was like, already been oh, I'm so not coming long. back. Yeah. I'm not coming back. My mom succeeded in that. I'm fine with it. Wow. And... She pushed for me to come back, and it was the most heartbreaking thing leaving, but it was the best thing that ever happened because, like, what's happening now. So, like, coming yeah. back to the U.S. was weird. Um, they put me in, like, a hotel for, like, a month or whatever and whatnot, told me, like, you can pay them back because everything's, like, funded, but you still have to pay back the government and stuff like that. <laughs> like they don't yeah, have you a, just like fucking saved my life and sent me back. Now I got to fucking pay you back for all that. Now you're in debt. Yeah. I mean. That's the American way, bro. That's just how they do it. So they put me in like I, I had, and then they weren't just saying like the passport. They were talking even like the boarding I had to pay back, which was like eight hundred a month. Oh, wow. And I'm just getting back to the U.S. Yeah. And they gave me like a hundred dollars in a bank account, and then like a hundred dollars in EBT, like food stamps. So I had like that and that. Yeah. And I don't know nothing about. Remember, I've been in Jamaica yeah, for all these EBT years. So works. for me, my mind, I'm still eighteen, but I have the mind of a fucking child still. In some like I have some maturity when it comes to like. It's weird, like growth and like observant of life. I have maturity, but like living as an adult and being responsible and whatever, I'm a fucking child. Well, so all eighteen year olds are, dude. You gave me an EBT card. I've been away from the U.S. for years, so that means shit. I haven't had ice cream because ice cream's expensive in Jamaica. I haven't had cheeseburgers. I haven't had cookies. I haven't had hot dogs. So I had my ass straight down to a Winn-Dixie that's like walking distance. <laughs> and I probably spent 80 out of the 100. All on junk food. And remember, I'm in a hotel, so I don't have a fridge fridge. I have a little fucking fridge. Yeah, a little mini fridge. So I'm thinking, what can fit in there? So I get. I remember buying a tray. It was the worst thing. There was nothing healthy in this motherfucker. <laughs> it was like a box of ice cream sandwiches, Chips Ahoy cookies, yeah. chocolate milk, Hot dogs, hot dog buns. Because I had a little tiny stove thing. Yeah. I remember buying like a mini pan and whatever and whatnot. And I hauled ass all of that over there to the hotel. Bro, I got all the major food groups. Dude, I bashed that box of cookies, whatever, (laughs) everything. And now it's come to bite me in the ass because I think over the time of consistently eating all that sugar, now I'm super sensitive to it. Like if you give me a cupcake, I'll eat it and I'll be like, uh, like instantly. You just feel it I just feel like feel like I can't even eat the rest of it. You could be maybe you like overwhelmed your system. I, that's probably what it is. But I mean, like I remember that it was just like I bet my diet was fucking bad. <sighs> I can only imagine, dude. I mean, like it's kind of the first time you had like a true sense of freedom. 
It was. You know what I'm saying? Because you're in nobody else's house. Mm-hmm. Like, you're an adult. You're mm-hmm. 18 years old. And now it's like, I'm in America. And like, mm-hmm. fuck it. I'm balling. Oh, I was. <laughs> I, I got the $200 hot, on me right now. I had the hot shot. I probably run that hot hotel's water bill up to the roof. Because <laughs> in Jamaica, we only had cold water. So we didn't oh, have hot water. Yeah. So I bathed in cold water for years. So many benefits of that, though. Yeah, Believe it or not. but when I came back and <laughs> I felt that warm water, man. You just stood in the shower for I like, literally just like sat in there with the TV on, door open like this. Just, it's like we cool. Just cool watching whatever the – I think it was like Raw was on, and I'm in the shower watching Raw. Yeah. Just the hot water running, running until it went cold. And I was like, yeah, I probably need to stop and get out of here. Okay? <laughs> yeah, dude, if the water goes cold in that in the fucking hotel, you're using a lot of hot water. Yeah, man, it was bad. Like I was just bawling, man. I was walking everywhere. I wanted to see everything. Yeah. And it was just crazy, man. It was my first actually like like you said, a real taste of freedom. So for me, I was going everywhere. Right. I, and I, it was I was in a weird spot in in Miami cuz Miami is where I came back to. Okay. Um I was in a weird spot. It was like where all the like the the central like the sky rail is, mm-hmm. but there's all like these hotels around it, so yep. there's not really much to see. Miami is a weird city anyway. Yeah, so I would have to take the Skyrail, and I used to take the Skyrail just to look, Yeah. just to go back and forth. I remember the first thing I did was get a library card Um, away from after I bought all that stuff. Like the next day I got a library card, and I just started getting books Yeah. because I started reading because that was another thing that I found again was reading. I've always been a reader, but then like I drifted away of it for a couple of years, but like once I got back here, I got bored of TV because, like, TV, that was a, something that stuck in me, weirdly enough. But now it's like I watch a lot of TV. Yeah. But when I got back, it was still, like, I think it was the discipline fading away slowly to where I'd watch TV. And then I'd, I'd automatically turn it off at a certain time. It just wasn't routine. Yeah. Yeah. That so, makes sense. How long were you in Miami for? I was in Miami. I got there in October and I left in November. So I was only there, like, a month, month and a half. Probably. Okay. Um. Again, Miss. this time it was Miss Kerr. She has a family friend. Like, people that come down to stay with her. Whenever they come to visit Jamaica, they just stay in her house and whatever. They lived in Philadelphia, and she told them about me, and they were like, yeah, we can invite them up and whatnot. So I ended up living with them for a little bit, um, and then we parted ways, and then I was crashing on friends' couches because the reason why we parted ways, um, it was just personal stuff. It yeah. It was just personal. So you've, you've always been a little bit of a drifter. Oh, oof, man. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Um, in, a, in a sense of where – I got up there, you know what I mean? I got work, and they started treating me right. You know what I mean? They treated me well, and it was just personal issues, so we separated. I'm still connected to, like, a couple of them, stuff like that. Yeah. And then I was connect crashing on a lot of friends' couches. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was crashing on one here, then I was one here, and then one he will let me stay here for a certain amount of time, then I had to go to another one, same amount of time, and yeah. all this and that. You're just making it happen, dude. And during this time, no one ever knew, like, my living situation. Um, And I think this is where, like, Jules, Kid Zim started to develop because – I already had a goal in mind. You know what I mean? Like, I connected with my two best friends who are the founders of, like, the brand and the dance crew that I'm starting, um, Devin and Ian. And I met Devin because I got a job as a dancer for a bar mitzvah. Okay. Um, so when I got there, they are like, yeah, we have this dancer. You guys will click well. Little did this note guy know, hip-hop dancers are naturally enemies. Like, oh, really? if, you t- if you tell us that we're going to go and compete against another guy dancer that's, like, in charge of the whole thing, and you're complimenting us at the same time, we're going to butt heads. So, it can't be no uh, coexisting. Yeah. So, me and alpha. Devin, Devin's been told about me. I've been told about Devin going into this gig, and it's my first gig. And I look at this dude, and I'm, he's all muscular and buff. I'm like, this dude's definitely a crumper. He got the Tims on and whatnot. <laughs> and me, I'm just like the twins. I got the flannel, I got the J's, I got the wild out hair. 
So immediately, like he told me what he was thinking. He was like, this fucking dude looks like one of the little twins, like a freestyler or whatever. Yeah. So we're immediately like, we're talking and working together because it's our job. But like when that the, the part came where it was like, we're on the dance floor. He's like, oh, we got a new dancer named Jules. Devin going to show him the ropes. And we started battling. Oh, shit. People were looking at it as entertainment. We were gunning at each other's throats. Like y'all going hard right Oh, now. we were going hard. And then <laughs> out of nowhere, how we became friends was he switched the song on us. And then it went from where the crowd started to move in. And we're still battling, but people think we are choreographing our moves together. Like, it looked choreographed. Yeah. But it wasn't. And the next thing you know, we're in sync, and we're just dancing together. Like, And then we just became brothers after that. I can dig it. Like, you you guys shared energy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, in your own form and fashion. Like, you guys just battled it the fuck out. And then he connected me with Ian because we started talking about forming a dance crew. Okay. Um, And then we formed Alien Mob. And that, for me, was the first start of, like, ownership and, like, actual drive to, like, create a purpose and find something. I think that's what solidified me, like, I want to be in entertainment. I want to be an entertainer. Yeah. I want to be able to perform. Like, I had my dance aspect, but I still didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? I didn't know where I was going, but that kind of gave me some form of grounding. Yeah. Regardless of where I was sleeping or resting my head at night. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, right. I would go to work, make the money, do this so I could link up with these guys, plan a dance crew, plan a performance to get noticed to go wherever. Because that's the purpose. That's the purpose. Right. You know what I mean? So, you had the Alien Mob crew for a little bit, did that, and then that kind of faded away, and then you are bringing um, it back? It, what happened was, I had Alien Mob, and we were getting pretty good traffic. Like, we had a couple interviews, we had a couple shows. Yeah. Um, and... To kind of give a backstory of what Alien Mob became to be, the reason why we chose the word alien is because what kind of diversified us. Um, kind of what the slogan is, like, unity through diversity. Right. So even though we were dancers, we all had different things away from us. Like like we were saying earlier, human beings are complex. There's so much to us. Like, yeah. Ian was an amazing groover and, like, like lucid person, but he's a yoga instructor. Hmm. And he's a he's a nursing student. Mm-hmm. Devin is hardcore crumper. You know what I mean? Boom, bang. He can pop. He's a... Mu- Michael Jackson impersonator to a T. Oh, for real? Although he don't got the hair. All right? <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know. Just so you know. But um, but with him, he's really into fitness. And, like, he used to teach, at, like, teach like to um, mentor, like, young kids. And for me, it was like, I'm just this artistic person. I'm just passionate about creating. So, like, there was a bunch of diversity and, like, things that separated us. Yeah. And... We built a lot of momentum. Everybody wanted to be a part of our crew and whatnot. We competed in a couple five-on-fives and stuff like that. And then what happened was, like you said, it started to fade out, except for, like, me, Devin, and a couple others. What happened was people that were saying they wanted to be a part of it, they didn't want to show up to rehearsals. They They didn't want to be put in the – exactly. They just wanted a part of the fame that came with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then what happened was we took a step back. And during this time, like a month before, this is a month after this, my grandmother was going to find me on Facebook, my biological grandmother. Oh, really? Who hadn't seen me since I was like a child, way before like Brenda came into picture, my mom lost her mind and all of that type of stuff. But like during this time, the crew starts to fade away. And the people that stuck with us were like the fans, you know what I mean? Uh, The camera guy, like the people that weren't dancers. So like that alien side resonated with me. To where it's like, it's just different people that come together as a collective. And we were still doing a lot of damage. And then I reconnected with my grandmother. She wanted to fly me out for Easter. Went, saw her. Reconnected all the family. Where's, where's grandma at? Because you're um, in Philly at this time, right? I'm in Philly at this time. Okay. Grandma was in Florida. Okay. Um, This is my mom's mom. Got it. Um, So with all of that, flew me out and I reconnected with my uncle. Like, as soon as I saw them, I broke down. 
because I hadn't seen these dudes in years. And all my life, I've been told by my mom, they don't want nothing to do with me. Complete opposite. But they were searching for us this whole time. You know what I mean? I didn't know they were searching for all of us. They even went to the house. And when I was in Jamaica, my mom would tell them I'm in the house, but I don't want to see them. Like this whole time you had this whole support system you had no idea about. So I'm growing up thinking like, I'm fuck my family. Fuck my whole genetic code. Yeah. And there's actually people out there looking for me. Yeah, who actually love you. Yeah. So we reconnect and then they talk about getting me into school, getting me into like the Miami Job Corps program to learn a trade. Since I don't have anything under my name, you know what I mean? It'd be good to have some credibility and stuff like that. Learn a skill. And I said, all right, I'll think about it because I'm thinking about the crew. So I come back, I talk to the guys, and we were all deciding, was like, well, the crew's starting to die out a little bit. We, we're kind of all trying to, like, keep a grasp, but it's really draining us. I think what it is is, like, um, this was Devin's idea that we separate, build ourselves, and then over time come back together and just dominate. Yeah. And it was the greatest idea ever. So I went to Miami Job Corps, went to school there, learned uh, computer science, all that nine stuff. That's legit. Yeah, came back, graduated after that, moved up here because I was staying with my grandmother in Florida, but in her sewing room. She didn't have any room for me. Mm. But my grandfather, my mom's father, and his second wife, who is my grandmother here, who I live with now, okay. had a place for me to stay. So this had come up, and St. Louis was known for coding, coding and computer because we had like yeah. launch code and all those programs. Yep. So it fit what I was studying. That makes sense. So I came up, uh, came up here, did all that, and started working at like a bowling alley and stuff. And that's where it was like I drifted away from computers. Like I like computer technology. I love it. I love doing that whole nine. But I drifted away from just science, the computer science in general. Like I yeah. felt like it was being forced upon me. Yeah. And that was just being me stupid. But now looking back, like my grandmother calls me a very persistent person. Like I'm a person where I follow whatever I want to do. Yeah. Till it works. That's not a problem. Really. You know what I mean? And she says it's my downside, but also my benefit because, like, with what I'm doing now, it goes to show. Yeah. And she noticed with me, and she's noticing all these things. I'm not noticing. Like, at that time, I wasn't mature. I didn't know what I was. I was spending money that I got as soon as I got it, uh, all this whole nine. It's a lot of things you haven't learned. Yeah, it was a hot, lot of stuff. So I moved up here in 2000, and I think I've been here, like, four years. So I think it was, like, 2000 and I want to say 2014, 2015. How, how old are you now? I'm 25. Okay. 25. So oh, I'm your like, brain just not fully developed. No, yeah, does not yet. <laughs> when, you're, when you're 25 or so, I moved up here when I was like 21, I think. So okay, been here for like four years, but uh, did all that. Kept there was a lot of back and forth with my grandmother. Like I used to. This is again where it's like I'm just ignorant and I'm thinking she's just against my dreams. <laughs> and when you really, it's like you can't be mad at them because they're just looking out for you. Just love. Um. And then I got a living situation because this is where my grandmother, she just told me the truth this like a week ago. She's like, because I moved out. I moved out, got my own place with my best friend from my college roommate from Job Corps, moved him up here, got him a job. Then he lost his job literally a day before we were supposed to move in. The oh, whole, then it just fell to shit. Um, <laughs> and my grandma like, was telling me, like, I told you, I told you. And I didn't know she intentionally let me because I kept telling her, "No, I'll be able to handle living she, on my she own." She let me fail. She let me fail because she knew she knew what she was talking about, and it was it was good. Yeah, it was good. You knew that. She knew the whole thing was gonna fucking go up in smoke, and I was gonna be right back wherever. That's how you learn. And it, it did because it showed me one a lot of true colors of people who I thought were like close to me, uh, my friends and stuff, and then showed me those who are actually I can rely on and stuff like that. And then I moved back in. With her after being there for a year, so I've been with her for like the past two years, paying off debts and stuff like that, getting myself situated, so that way when I move, I'm, I don't have these on me anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. So she's helping me get that situated and whatnot. But during this time, uh, I end up working for S two, 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. that was like. I worked for them in 2009, 2010. Ooh. Yeah. I did. I actually found that out. Like, I didn't know that till like, I started to watch the, An- the Andy interview. Because I've been watching a couple of your podcasts, and then I saw the Andy one. And then I saw you mentioned. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Because he kept saying, like, you know me. You know me. You were in the hiring process. I was like, oh. Yeah. Like, I've known Andy for a really long time. Yeah. So it's it's really weird because it's like, you like, you don't know him. No. It's not like mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not as fucking, like, we're not, like, texting and shit. Yeah. Right? But it's like, it's like, like, he literally knows who the fuck I am. And I know who he is. Mm-hmm. Like, if we see each other, it's like, hey, what's up? Like, it's all love. Yeah. Like, I've known Andy for, like, over 10 years. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, for me, it was, because I didn't, so I knew who Andy Frisella was before I even moved to St. Louis. Okay. Because I used to watch like motivational speaking videos and whatever, and he was like one of my top five. He speaks so well, just with so much. I just resonated with his rawness. Yeah. And that's what a lot of like I resonated with. So when I moved up here, I knew nothing of this dude's fucking companies though. Oh really? So I only knew of him as a speaker. Like I didn't research him. I just like watched his motivational videos. Okay. So like the compilations and stuff like that, and then the speech. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, when I moved up here. And then I got the job at S2. I'm still like, okay. Like, it says, oh, yeah, this is owned by Andy for sale. I was like, oh, okay, couldn't be that fucking Andy. I'm like thinking, nah, it's not that Andy. Yeah. Da, 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 da. And then I go to the fucking meeting, and it's fucking Andy. It's Andy. Yeah. And I'm like, shit. <laughs> so that was my first time of like, oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. Um, Cool. And it kind of like resonated. And like I learned a lot over that time. Like I said, uh, it, that definitely grew me because they're very serious about growth and stuff like that. The culture, whether it's you know first form or S two, it's like it's it's a very uniform culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, it was like that definitely shifted me in a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And people around me started to notice. So when people started around me started to notice, that's when I because I'm a person where I don't like to fully observe myself and give a label to myself. You know, like people like to say, "Oh yeah, I look good," or "Yeah, I'm I'm better now than I was before." Like. I believe in that, you know what I mean? But if I say it, I say it for like a self-confidence reason. It doesn't necessarily mean I believe it. Um, mm. So it's kind of weird because like when I became like people used to tell me when I got older, I should be a model. You're gorgeous. You have this facial structure. And for me, I always grew up as a nerd. So I'm always thinking like, what the fuck do you really want? Like there's an end goal here. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm like thinking on them some BS. From you. Yeah. So like even like as of like even a couple like last year when I'd be like, oh, yeah, I look good. And I post it. People think I'm being cocky or whatever. When really, I'm saying that so I believe it. Yeah, it's so, not. You're, yeah, you're not like trying to be arrogant. You're just you're really trying to convince yourself. It sounds like. Yeah, so I usually grab a lot of things. I like to wait till other people say things, and then examine after what they're saying. So like people say, like, "Hey, I noticed you like you're really into your fitness thing. Are you really like reading? You're really developing." Like then I'm like, "Huh, okay." My friend said that. My grandmother said that. All right, let me really observe now, and then I actually notice a growth myself. Oh. And then after I observed it and realized it, that's when I started to actually really pay key and note attention and to really start buckle down on it a bit. Yeah, it's hard to see change from the inside. It is. Right. It really is. And so for me, it's like having that support system around me that of people that I didn't even know genuinely pay attention to me like that kind of help to let me know yeah. what's going on. That also kind of lets you know, like, it's like, oh, I didn't realize such and such were paying attention. And then you're like, man, I have more influence than I realized. Like, holy cow. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to realize if this now more than ever where I'm at now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Going into like after everything, like the whole flux from S2, then having to leave and then first form and those two companies like as a whole, that whole, what I learned there 
climaxed and flourished a lot of things where I'm at now. Yeah, that's just you'll continue to build off of those lessons. Yeah, you know I, what I mean? I think the beauty of like all the shit that you've been through and we've only probably like scratched the surface. Oh yeah, really. I've, I've skipped and filtered like there's a lot. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like we probably is like so many people you see are like they have this fear of of moving to a new city or mm-hmm. or they you you're scared of the uncertainty. But you've dealt with so much uncertainty, like your whole life, mm-hmm. that it, I mean, you at least have the perspective of like I can go to any city anywhere and not really have anything, and I can still make something happen. There, oh yeah, right. It, and I think it for me, it, it yeah, I have. You know I mean like Philly? I made a name for myself when I didn't have anything. You know what I mean? Like right. Well, you've done it. That's what I'm saying. Like you've gone to cities where you haven't, like you don't know anybody. No, you don't really have anything there, mm-hmm. and you're still able to make at least something happen, yeah. right? And so many people fear that. That's why you see people don't even leave. Like they never leave their hometown, yeah. or they don't go. Anywhere. I think for me, it was it wasn't even like a sense of fear of going to somewhere new. It was me for searching for a home, honestly. Yeah, you're just trying um, to find it was searching to for a place of belonging, or even trying to see what's out there. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I'm like. Even though I'm better off than where I was five minutes ago, this isn't where I want to be, and I'm still not comfortable, yeah. which I'll never be comfortable. But, I mean, like, it's a sense of, like, when I was in Florida and went to Job Corps, I was like, cool, I want to go elsewhere. Now where am I at next? Now I'm in St. Louis. You know what I mean? The same when I was in Jamaica and I came to the U.S., I was in Miami, and I was in Philly. I was fine with where I was staying, but I felt limited. So I found my friends, and I was fine with crashing on couches. And during all this time, like, of all those things of exploring, I was trying to find somewhere to ground myself. Yeah. And I couldn't find a specific place. So I tied it to like the alien mob to, to a specific purpose. Yeah. And that took me to all these other places in some way or form. Okay. You know what I mean? With like I said, alien mob took me to building my name in Philly and then me being found on Facebook and then me discussing with my friends what should happen next. Cause this is my purpose is this crew and yeah. performing. Yeah. So let me run it by them. What the decision should be next. And they said, you should go to Miami, build that. So now my next purpose is go to Miami, focus on this, get this, get out, and then figure out what's next. Right. Um, and, of course, the purpose drifted, but it was like always the end goal was to be some form of entertainer or something like that. I love to entertain people because I feel like entertainment is one of the best ways to help someone get through something. If you never know what someone's going through, so if you can make them laugh, smile, giggle, that one just spark of joy can spark hope can spark happiness, can spark op- like optimism. Yeah. You never know. And it's so many possibilities to where, say, this person's literally thinking of like jumping off a bridge. Yeah. But you randomly be like, hey, you look good today. Randomly. We used to, I used to have a competition with my friend Tracy when we used to go to the mall to visit. We'd see who can give out the most compliments and receive a genuine compliment back. I can dig it. Or something. Or even a girl's number, quote unquote, back. That's a compliment. And we used to just do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then like I just randomly made it a thing to make five people smile a day. Okay. Yeah, and I still do it to this day. You know what I mean? That's dope. And it's just a thing over time because that's what I benefited from. Yeah. And I know that's what got me through a lot. Like gaming and entertainment were the two things that got me through my very suicidal stage. Um, In Jamaica, I was very suicidal. I tried to kill myself four times. Oh, shit. Yeah. One, I tried to bash my head. I literally have like a dent, like a slight scar from like trying to bash my head in. One time I f- jumped off, like fell backwards off the top of a house. And I just fractured my shoulder. Now my right shoulder's kind of messed up. Damn, dude. It was a bunch of stuff. But, like, I remember what got me through it was, like, when I wasn't home, if I was at school, I looked forward to dance all day. 
to just be free. When I was home and there was a lot going on in my head and I was misbehaving and I needed an escape from, like, the clashback, which I deserved, but at the same time, I'm still, like, in my head, like, the world's against me. I remember there was this little SP, um, Game Boy SP, with a light that you flip up that I hid under my pillow so no one could find it. And then late at night, I'd go in the closet, pop it open, and be playing Pokemon Ruby. Yeah. All night. Into the, like school day. Pokemon's a shit, bro. Yeah, I'm still playing. I still got the I, new I one. I see that, dude. Like, <laughs> it's it's a, it's a game where like it's my favorite game of all time because it has that tie to me. Yeah. And it gaming and dance and performing, just those two things, entertainment as a whole, just helped me through so many times to where I want to give back in that way. You know yeah. What I mean? yeah. Like, of course, I want to be able to travel and speak and teach people and stuff like that. But for me, I think like bringing joy to someone, sparking can spark so much. Like that's your ultimate purpose. Yeah. I can dig that, And man. I know it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I've tried to, and me trying, the reason why I got fired from first one was me because I was so focused on, once I started to refine that purpose, I was so focused on, like, building the gaming on thing. That. Yeah. And there's nothing, like I said, nothing against them. It was like, this is all my fault because my focus shifted, so I didn't care less about the actual job. Right. You know what I mean? Like, showing up. Being on time, paying attention to detail, well, like your I'm priority supposed to. shifted, right? Exactly. So you guys just went down a different path. There's no. So and they knew that. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's, it's not good. like they didn't want to keep me. They literally told me it was like a thing where you have to be fair to the other employees, right? Which at the end of the day was, and I accept it. Like I tell everybody, like I did a whole video explaining that yeah, the other day, that. yeah. Because people kept asking me, like, "Are you still with first form? Are you still with first form?" Because I built a name for myself around that, like the first form Black Panther. The what I got something to say. The whole rant. Dude, those are fucking hilarious. <laughs> I got something to say. <laughs> like the whole, all of those, and like, and I think over time, my inner, my true purpose started to fly itself back out. So like, yeah. I drifted to the media, I drifted to the solely fitness, but then it started to be the fitness to the Black Panther persona, which is comedic and entertaining. Yeah. And then it was like the videos, but then it would be gimmicky where I'm dancing in the middle of it or whatever. Like it always tied back to it. So I just finally accepted this is what my purpose is. This is where I belong. This yeah. is what I need to do. And now my job is literally like I'm a host for two esports shows That's a day. So dope, dude. You know what I mean? Like I'm part of a stream team that we're working on. I'm part of the creative content creative team. Like I'm their first signed in-house talent with the with the company that I'm with. That's dope. It's like all your passion. Yeah. Right? And it, like people are like, oh, you made it now. Like, sure, I get paid to literally talk and live and revolve around video games. But this is just the, this isn't even the, this is just the key this is just one this step. is just the key like i'm not even at the door yet i'm just like i got the key and i'm at the first step i still got to get up to the door to unlock it you, you know what i mean more shit yeah like i'm not stopping with this and in a sense where it's like even the team that i had when we were building the whole gaming fitness thing talking to them they even noticed like i'm better outside here yeah you know what i mean so for me looking at this Everything happens for a reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I hate when people just live free will and be like, oh, just go wherever life takes me. No, grab fucking rank control of the fucking shit. Yeah, you got control. Because I've, I've done that for a little bit. And when I fucking did that, shit went like completely elsewhere. Yeah, man. You got to have some sort of like mission mm -hmm. or something to drive you. Like you can't you. control every little aspect. No, there's but a lot control what Most the hell you you're can. doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And make sure if you're doing something, if you don't have a purpose, find one. 100%. That's the first thing I would something. tell you. Like, if you if you wake up in the morning or wake up every day and you're just like, the fuck am I doing with my life? But you still go through the motions, that needs to tell you right there you need to find something. Yeah. And that means find out who you are. So over this time, I've found out who I am. Yeah. I know I'm an entertainer. I'm literally, I'm an entertainer. And whether that's gaming, whether that's dancing, whether that's comedy, 
I live, my purpose here is to entertain people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And at the same time, educate and show them, like, I want to do talks like this. You know what I mean? To show them, like, you can do both. You know what I mean? You can be this side. You can be this fitness. You can be this gamer. You can be this dancer. And there's literally nothing under the sun you can't do. Right. But once you know what it is, just pursue it. Yeah. A lot of people get stuck on, like, titles and, like, they they start to – uh, get wrapped up in this identity that they create mm-hmm. for themselves that you get you get pigeonholed. You're like, well, I'm this, so I can't also be this. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like you see the athlete who also wants to do some sort of artistic mm-hmm. thing. It's like, what are you doing, man? You're fucking awesome at basketball. You can't also be good at yeah. like rapping too. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? It's like I can be good at all of this shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and, and pursue all that passion. Yeah, and for me, that's what the whole purpose of Alien Mob came to be. It yeah, was like, and you're gonna like revitalize the Alien Mob, right? Yeah, it's being right revitalized. Now. Like I did a whole drop. Where I did like a little glitch thing, whatever. But the yeah, per- I saw the, that. The whole revamp of it is to where I realized like the dance crew consisted of more than just dancers, and that always sat with me. And I over observed over time to where the brand that I want to represent is like, like right now we have a bunch of people that are in a Call of Duty group and a bunch of people that do this, and then we have a design team. Like we have all these things, but the key part, like I tell everybody, is like don't ever think you have to stay in this group. You can cross whatever, like. Human beings are so complex, and we're and if you don't stick to the niche that you're good at right now, you're seen as an alien. You're alienated. You're seen as weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we're when I was weird. a dancer and I started introducing gaming content, people were like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. When I did fitness, people were like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I love the fitness gaming thing that you're doing. You know what I mean? And yeah. for me, it's like, that's telling me I'm doing something right. Yeah. Because too many people fall by the norm. Yeah. And the norm hasn't gotten anybody anywhere. No, just sheep. You know They'll what I mean? You exactly. So if you're a norm, you're just following. And for me, it's like I want to be a voice. And that's why I created the brand was to give people a voice and a, and a crest and an emblem, like a flag to let them know, like, you can be whatever you want to be. Like, you don't have to be stuck to one thing. Human beings are too complex to be stuck to one thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But when people are like, oh, I want to do all this stuff. Now, there's a lesson to be taught into that from my experiences. I'm a jack of all trades. I can rap, sing, dance, DJ. And all these things I'm saying, I've done. You know what I mean? I, like I've DJed, I've MC, like all of this stuff. Model, model. All that shit. You know what I mean? Comedy. I haven't done stand up yet. All this whole nine or whatever. Teach dance. I've done, like, I've done a lot of stuff. But there's a downside to being so talented is you have no skill set. Right. Jack of all trades, master of none. Exactly. So for me, I had to realize like, what am I passionate about? What's going the most for me right now? What can I focus on? And then once that's built enough for itself to where it's just continuously going for itself pick up something else and that's how you have to do it like people are very impatient especially my generation patience is key is very impatient so for me like it took me a while i had a downfall in all of these things like i did djing then i sucked at it then i did rapping and i was sucking at it like all of these even with dance like i'm good at dance you know i mean i'm not the best dancer but i didn't see as much success as i could because it wasn't my full priority at the time i was doing like 20 other things yeah you gotta like give it it's full due exactly so like right now it's like i've learned like you can master one to three things depending how it is for me fitness is a lifestyle so it's becoming what's disciplining me to be able to do the the fitness and the gaming it'll make everything else better exactly so like it's a core ground and then dance is something that i already have enough influence in to where now i'm just revisiting it and doing it in moderation because I've already focused on it for so long. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now gaming is something I'm picking back up and it's just those three things. Modeling like for me is, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm not saying it's just point and shoot. It's not that easy. Of course, like you still have to pose and sit. But I mean, like for me, it's like if my body looks good, 
and then my persona and my other aspects are good, modeling would be The good. other things will feed that pretty easily. So yeah. that's how it has to work. Like, I'm not – like, even though I post, like, freestyle videos on my story, that's just practice. Yeah, you're just having fun. I'm just practicing having fun. So, like, whenever I'm ready to focus, it's not like I'm picking it up after not rapping or freestyling for a while. Right. You know what I mean? It's slowly building that craft. Like, you can practice and mess around with other things as long as it's not compensating or taking away from – your priority of what you got going for you right now. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of like with a test. Like if you have a math test and you have a reading test coming up and then you also have a spelling bee, but the spelling bee is Friday, the math test isn't until Tuesday, and then the other one is until Wednesday, focus on your spelling bee three to four hours. Yeah, and then other days you can, other times you can maybe for 30 minutes work on the math. You know what I mean? Kind of like that. Oh, for sure. kind of have to, you have to see it. Yeah, dude. Well, hey, man, you got a lot of cool shit you're working on, man. It's fucking exciting to see. Yeah. Um, dude, it's been an hour. <laughs> like, flew by. Wow. Uh, yeah, there's so much more we could talk about, but uh, we'll maybe have to do like a round two sometime. Like this has been great. I'd love to, bro. Um, dude, tell the people how they can like check you out. Any place you want to direct them to, if you um, have sponsors or anything like that, dude. All yours. my social media. Oh uh, yeah. Also, all my social media is literally the same. It's KidZim K1D Z1M. That's my YouTube. That's my Twitch. That's my TikTok. That's my Instagram. That's my Snapchat. That's my Twitter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally on, on all. all. I'm on all of them. Um. Some more than others. Uh, What's your yeah. preferred? Um, I'm going to put them all in the show notes, but I'm just curious. My preferred is probably my Instagram and my my Instagram and my YouTube. Okay. Because they're my biggest platforms and they're my most engaging. Okay. Uh, my YouTube is like where my dance reactions at, my dance videos, and my Instagram is just where everyone can see who KidZim is. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like that's one of the best platforms uh, to showcase all of that stuff, especially with a more like the IGTV and all of that type of stuff. So yeah. that's where you can find me mainly for sure. Definitely. So right. check me out. Right on. Any other brands or anything like that you want to shout out? Or are you good? Alien Mob for sure. Like we haven't released anything yet, but we're in the works. Like we're I said, coming. check it out. We're coming. Yeah. We're coming. I saw a little bumper video you posted, so that was cool. Yeah. I mean, nice little teaser. It's I like, literally th came up with it because I was like, I'm very intricate with putting things in people's subconscious and mind to where like you see it again later. You're like, I remember seeing that. Yeah. So that's why I did it. It's short. It's simple. It's like. That's how you have to do it. You know what I mean? So, like I said, we're coming. Right on, dude. I'm excited to see it. Yeah. Hey, man. Thanks again, dude. Thank I appreciate you, man. it. Honored, man. All right, everybody. Until next time. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I know I really enjoyed that conversation. Again, you want to talk about gaining some perspective and what life could be like. You know, that that's definitely an experience that... Uh, it definitely, you know, for me, it just made me really sit back and think like, whoa, man, life could turn out differently. You never know. Like, it really is the roll of a dice what kind of existence we're born into. Whether or not you stay there is your fucking choice. Like, don't make excuses and don't be a fucking victim. However, you know, who you're born to is, n you have no say so over that. And, uh,. Man, I don't know. It was just it was just a heavy conversation, and I'm I'm really glad that we had it. Julian's a, a a great dude. So, guys, if you're getting value out of the podcast, do me a solid. Go over to Apple Podcasts if you're listening on that platform. Leave a rating and review, five stars preferably. That way, more people can find us. Um, if you're listening on another platform, just you know, like it, comment, share, whatever you got to do. Head over to YouTube, hit subscribe as well. And if you are wanting to stay in the know, go over to uh, OutsidePerspectivePodcast.com and sign up for our mailing list. That way, 
you know when we are dropping episodes. And again, I won't spam you. I won't sell your information. It's all safe and secure. But this way, you know when we are dropping a new episode. So go to OutsidePerspectivePodcast.com and check us out there. Uh, As always, big thank you to my good friends over at Jombo Superfoods. Go to JomboCBD.com. Check them out. They have a full line of products from topicals and sprays and bombs and cooking oils and an MCT uh, butter. They just they have a lot of great shit. Everything is third-party laboratory tested. It's made with all premium, high-quality ingredients. None of the fillers, none of the junk. You can go to jombocbd.com, shop everything that they have. When you check out, use the code OUTSIDE. You'll save 20% off of the entire order. Also, I think they're always doing buy two, get one free. So throw two in your cart. You'll get that third one for free, and then you'll save 20% off of that whole thing. So it's a win-win for everybody. Um, Big thank you to Convergence Media Group. Go to convergencemg.com. Check them out. They help brands and companies across all industries grow in this digital world to help you with content creation and strategy sessions and just all that good shit everything involved in building your brand they will help you and if you'd like to see some examples of their work again go to our youtube youtube.com slash outside perspective make sure you subscribe but you can see a lot of the content that we're producing and, it, and how phenomenal that is and just go check it out also go to imposedwill.com uh, you can save 10% off of all of our apparel over there just by using the code OUTSIDE. And, uh, hey, that's all I have for you today. We will be back with another amazing episode next week. Actually, I don't know what they're releasing this. I think this is a Thursday episode. So sometimes, confession, I record these before you know we release them, and then I get them for auto-publish, and then they just publish, and then they're good to go, and i got to think about it. So... I think this comes out on Thursday. I don't know. Either way, hey, love you guys. Thank you for being here. I'll catch you next time. See ya. Mwah.